This is the Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified Podcast with Jake Elliott and Brad Challoner. The hottest storylines and biggest names from the NLL and across the lacrosse world. Now here's Jake and Brad. Welcome to the Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified Podcast on the Lax Ulsters Podcast Network, where we grow the game one podcast. Hang on a second here. This is Brad Challoner alongside Jake Elliott. Hang on a second here. Brad Challoner. This, We're not redoing the intro already in our first uh, our first crack of the game. I know what we used to do a long time ago when we had our show way back when. I'm driving the bus now, young man, so just uh, pump your brakes a little bit there and wait for your invitation to join the podcast, please. Welcome okay, to the I'll Extreme just- Threads Lacrosse Classified Podcast on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network, where we grow the game one podcast at a time. This is Jake Elliott, and now joined by my podcast partner, Brad Challoner. Bradley, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. I'll just swipe my compass card and jump along for the ride. Uh, happy to be back, man. It's been, um, uh, you've been driving the bus for the last, what is it, six months? This is episode so? number 30 right here. So you're joining you back weeks? 30, 30 weeks. Crazy. So. Let's just let's just back it up a bit, and uh, I'll let everybody know where I've been and, and and what was going on. So you know, you and I had the show for four or five seasons. Stealth um, classified, and then turned into lacrosse classified. Lacrosse classified, and we were rolling. Like last summer, I think we really picked up some good steam. Um, you know, we caught off the radio, and it was strictly a podcast. I think the the rope was loosened a little bit and we got to cover some storylines and, and have some guests on that we weren't able to have when we were a radio show on, uh, on TSN 1410 and, and owned by the stealth at the time when the warriors took over. Um, I wanted to dive into that really full time, uh, this fall and, and this winter and, you know, getting a chance to, to call games inside Rogers arena. I wanted to dedicate 100% of my time to that. So hence the, Hence the hiatus of, of stepping aside from the podcast last September, but you um, you kept the train going, man, and, and picked up a lot of steam, and, and, Eva, and Evan hopped along for the ride throughout the fall and the winter at the NLL season, and and you guys were killing it, man. It was, it was a pleasure to sit back and, and to listen to those shows and hear you guys kind of develop that chemistry and hit those storylines, and, and then Lax All-Stars picks up the podcast. I think really helped your distribution a lot throughout the fall and the winter, got this podcast into the hands of people that might not have known about it before and uh, been watching you guys absolutely flourish for the last six months, bud. So, yeah, I'm here throughout the summer, um, big summer, Man Cup, Minto Cup, World Championships, all happening right here in the lower mainland. So that's the reason that, that you and I got are getting together now for the summertime to kind of uh, keep the focus here in the lower mainland a little bit and have some boots on the ground in, in the WLA and at the World Championships. So, um I'm ready to have a summer, bud. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely, man. It's it's good to have you back. It's going to be a little weird for me to kind of wrap my head around because you are normally the guy that likes to steer the bus, and that's kind of why we did that intro thing where we didn't know who was actually going to do it. I am going to do it. We'll see how it goes. And uh, 
and if it if it happens to go back the other way, then then so be it. If we if we yeah. find we're more comfortable with uh, with you driving, then then so be it. Speaking of the intro, Brad Schellner, uh, we got to get a quick couple of shout outs here off the top uh, to our our lovely friend Chantel Chan, who voiced over our new our brand new intro uh, Vancouver Warrior sideline reporter TSN producer extraordinaire Chantel Chan doing the damage there. So a big thanks to Chantel, and of course. To our guy Sakani Baker, who you know provided the beats uh, for the original show way back, and you know we said oh, we're going into summer here. Sakani, um, can you can you send us some new beats? So he sent you know four or five beats, and they're all like killer beats. And we're like, yeah, but it's not quite the the sound that we're looking for. We kind of want to. So it took another week or so, but Sakani got back to us and sent us another five or six beats that uh, we picked a couple from. Man, the guy is good. At what he does, Sakani Baker now can make some beats. Yeah, and, yeah, he really and we was open to direction. We're like, yeah, these are dope beats, like you said, but they were a little, a little dark, right? A little, uh, a little wintry, I think. And we're like, no, this is the summer. We're gonna be talking everything uh, indoor lacrosse across Canada. We want to, we want to feel good. Let's brighten it up a little bit. So yeah, he he went back to the drawing board and sent us a new, uh, a new pile, and we dug through the crates a little bit, and you'll hear all those on on the rejoiners throughout the summertime, and then that's the intro, and then, yeah, I can't say not good, enough good things about Chantel, who I think uh, really helped our Warriors broadcast pop this year. You know, she was the face that welcomed us in yeah. the broadcast no, uh, week great. to week, and yeah, she was a fantastic broadcaster. Hell of a lot there. better than I was on the sideline reporting, I can tell you that, bro. Uh, she looks better in a leather jacket yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, man. Like that, I did the one sideline gig when I got to Saskatchewan. We kind of were figuring things out, and I did that one sideline game. I was so out of sorts. Like I, I was miserable, quite frankly, down there. Like because I had like no idea. I felt so out of place, and just it was foreign. Um, so you know, shout out to all the sideline reporters this year who who makes their job look rather easy. Um, it's it's not an easy thing to do, and and Chantel was one of the best um, this season. So so congrats to her, and, and thanks for uh, doing the intro. Thanks to Sakani Baker for doing the beats. Thanks for you to uh, checking out Lax Class here once again on a Tuesday on Lacrosse All Stars. Uh, we mentioned, well, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we're going to do a little things a little bit differently here now that the NLL season is over. Brad mentioned we're going to focus our attention a lot on on BC Lacrosse, but we will be kind of covering the gamut through the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League, the MSL, a little bit of junior lacrosse in Ontario as well. Uh, We're hoping to kind of check in with an Eastern correspondent every couple of weeks to keep us updated on going there. Um, We'll have some things. I think we're still going to do a Who You Got uh, presented by Stampede Tack and Western where near the end of the show. I think we might just pick like three WLA games of the week and three MSL games of the week and uh, throw a dart at the board and see what happens. And then we'll make our picks and we'll we'll figure out, uh, you know, how to embarrass each other at the end of the season in that regard as we move along. Um, some of the other things we're going to do off the top of the show, we are going to uh, do something new. We're going to hand out our Stampede Tack Lax Class Weekly Report Cards here. Brad, do you want to break this down for the fans here on what we're what we're thinking? So it is Lax Class, and you've always loved to ride the wave of, you know, we're, we're trying to be educational here. So, you know, your students, pull up a chair, put your headphones on. We're going to try to uh, to teach you something you don't know throughout the week and, and and that's kind of the the model that you've built the show around over the mm. last little while, which has been fun to watch. So the idea was we're going to hand out report cards every week. We're going to do an A, a B, a C, a D, and an F 
across the lacrosse, the, across the box lacrosse world. A is good. And F is bad. Right? Is even good. I know that, D, Bradley. C, even C is pretty good. Yeah. D and, D and F is where you don't want to be. So you okay. don't want to be a D and a donkey. You don't want to be F for fail uh, throughout, throughout the week in lacrosse. You definitely want to be in the ABC uh, upper echelon. So yeah. that's what we're going to do. We're going to be the teachers. We're going to hand out report cards. So do you want to just get this thing going right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's it's like a top five, right? We, we didn't want to get into the B pluses or the C minuses. Uh, we wanted to kind of keep at the top five things of the week. Something that was really, really good gets the A and something that wasn't so good maybe gets the F. So I don't know here, Brad. I, I always – let's finish with the best, shall we? So should we start with uh, with the bottom of the table here down at the, the F? Yeah, that's a good idea. So- okay. Uh, this is this is this is a tough one, and and it's you know, <laughs> calling people out and giving them an F is is not going to be an easy thing for us. But it, it's something. Hey, we got to do. It's part of life. Um, our F this week, unfortunately, goes out to the Langley Junior Thunder, and I don't want to take anything away from the Delta Islanders, your boys out there, Bradley in the Flatlands, because uh, I think they deserve some credit here. But Langley and Delta actually hooked up with a trade. Uh, the previous week. So this was kind of the first meeting between these two teams since the trade. And the guys that got traded from Langley to Delta really made an impact, in particular Ty Ewan. But what really kind of gets the letter grade here for Langley is they had a five-goal lead in the third period with about 13 minutes to go and let that slip away as Delta ties the game with eight seconds left. They go on to score three more straight in overtime. Langley finally breaks the 8 nothing run. But the Delta Islanders upset the Langley Thunder, and if you're Langley with hopes and aspirations of getting to the Minto Cup, they got off to that great start. If you remember, Brad, 6-1, and one, I think they were out of the gate under Dane Doby. Uh, they've they've scuffled a little bit here, and, and this loss against Delta has to be concerning, giving up a five-goal lead in the third period like that and then losing in overtime. And this could be... This could be an F for the Langley Junior Thunder. This could be an A or B for the Delta Islanders to, to pull off that win, depending on uh, which way you fill your glass and how you look at it. Absolutely. But, but yeah, uh, giving up a five-goal lead with, with under seven minutes to go, um, and it's going to be tight down down the final stretch here in the BC Junior Lacrosse League. And yeah, you're right. That's Ryan Jones's first game with the Langley Thunder, um, a chance to come make an impact. You've got an Islanders team who's – well under 500 and you know i think it was nice nice for that squad to to show some fight and for those ex langley guys to say you know what you know you ship me out of town well we're still going to beat you guys and make it difficult for you guys to make the playoffs here because it is going to be down to the final wire and now langley just six and five uh gonna be fighting with the new Westminster salmon bellies right now and the salmon belly's still waiting for some guys to come back into town that roster is only going to get better and get a little bit more improved so it's going to be a battle, you know, with the way the Nanaimo Timberin, we'll get to them in a couple yeah, seconds, you can yeah. imagine. They might be up on the report card list here, but the way Coquitlam's, Coquitlam's going, they're always going to be there. The way Nanaimo is going, Victoria's looking good this year. Bellies are always going to be in the fight. So that's a big loss for the Langley Thunder, who uh, whose schedule doesn't get any easier here coming down the stretch, too. So, you know, they don't want to be on the outside looking in with the Minto Cup in their backyard. Oh, man. Langley Thunder need to turn some things around, and that was an ugly loss last week. Yeah. For our first report card F yeah. here on Lacrosse Classified. Yeah, speaking of uh, our letter grades here, they are presented, by the way, by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, your complete source for boots, hats, belts, jeans, 
anything country. Uh, I know you're a big fan, Brad. They ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale since 1967. Online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Langley gets the F, and, and speaking of losses, um, tough going there in Thunder Country. Not only did they lose that game, but this happened about a couple of weeks ago. They lost their leading scorer, Nathaniel Kinesnikov, and, and reports not good. I don't know how long he'll be out, whether it's the season or, or whether there's a chance for a comeback there, but they'll really miss uh, the cause. And then on their senior team, more bad news for Langley Thunder is Tyler Pace goes down in practice, and I think with a broken ankle, if uh, if my reports are correct. And I don't know how long the recovery process is for that. Sometimes a break is better than a sprain. But uh, two huge losses to two offensive righties, one on junior, one on senior, and Kineznikov and Pace. That's tough going there for Langley, and hopefully those guys can recover quick enough to get back into the lineup before season's end. Um, so Langley Jr. gets her F. Uh, hopefully they do a little better next week. D, let's move on to D here, Bradley. Do you want to take this one? Yeah, D, uh, D. what do we say? D, D was for Bellies. D, D is just for, you know, making making mistakes this week. And mm. the Bellies get a game disqualified for, for dressing an ineligible player in, in Cam Garland and have to move in. To the loss column, you know they could have. They're they're one and two now to start this season. They could be. They could have been two and one. They get a game taken away for uh, for dressing an eligible player. Not the first time it's happened to the New Westminster Sound Valleys over the last couple of seasons. So I'm not sure what's going on um, with the player card story there and and the rule book there. But you know every game means so much here in the Western Lacrosse Association. Well, yeah. The way that the way that this season's going to go, the way that teams are teams are loading up. So. You know, hopefully uh, for the belly's sake, that uh, ineligible player doesn't come back to haunt them for uh, for a home playoff uh, round one playoff berth here. Yeah, well, just so fans know, the the rule is Cam Garland is a eastern eastern player that was transferred to the junior bellies, and when you come from the east, you are not allowed to be called up to play at the next level, and they do this so juniors and senior teams don't get together and help split a transfer fee to get a player out so he can play on both teams or whatever the case is. I I understand the rule. I don't necessarily like the rule, but I think it's a necessary rule, if you know what I'm saying. So well, I get it. Like if yeah. the Quitlam brings out imagine imagine the the Adnax and the WLA would look if they got to play, you know, over the Chase, years. Just say Chase Chris Scanlon. Fugier, Chase Chase Scanlon, Derek Downs. Yeah. You know, if all those guys got to come up and play games in the WLA, all of a sudden the Adnacks are looking like a completely different team at the WLA level. Well, and they, they wouldn't the even necessarily. Team brought in. And it wouldn't even necessarily be Coquillum. Like, they could go play for any senior team if that rule wasn't in place, right? Like, anybody could call them up and say, yeah, come play, come play senior A lacrosse. So the rule is there, and it's a pretty widely known rule, and I'm not sure why maybe New West just didn't think Cam Garland. Uh, was an Eastern transfer because he's been here for more than one year. I don't know what the case is, but that's uh, that's a costly one. And you're right, Brad. Like it, it doesn't mean a ton right now, early in the season. But come later in the year, and you're fighting for home floor in the playoffs or even a playoff spot, and you look back and you think, man, there's two points we just gave away essentially. Uh, could be costly. Could be costly for the bellies. Uh, so the bellies. Get our D here on Stampede Tax Weekly Report Cards. C, Bradley, um, and this is, you know, this isn't a bad story. This isn't a good story. This is just kind of uh, middle-of-the-road stuff here. 
and we haven't even mentioned who our guests are going to be. Uh, maybe you did. I think you mentioned Dan Carey off the top. He's going to join us here in about, uh, well, really quick, uh, if we can get to Dan Carey. Uh, and Mike Mallory, who gets our letter grade C here, he got off to, I think he had 16 points in two games, 20 points through three games. They suffered a loss on Sunday night in Maple Ridge to the hands of the 4-0 Burnaby Lakers, who could easily be up in the letter grades as well. Uh, but Mike Mallory off to a nice start here for the Burrards and maybe playing some of his best lacrosse. He'll get our C. Yeah, playing, uh, leading the WLA in goals and points right now. 12 goals through four games, 22 points through four games. A quieter night on Sunday in that loss. I think everybody in Maple Ridge had a, had a quieter night on that Sunday in that loss. But, you know, I'm looking forward to chatting with Mike Mallory here in about, about 20 minutes, Jumbo, because he's a great story and he's a great mystery too. He's a guy who's been consistently put up good numbers in the Western Lacrosse Association, but that hasn't transferred to the NLL level. A handful of games uh, over about, about in three different seasons stretched out over about six different years. He was drafted by Washington in 2011, got into one game there, uh, and has spotted games with the Colorado Mammoth uh, well later. So we'll talk to Mallory about you know what he needs to do to, to get that next step and stay as a consistent pro. Maybe it hasn't been at the top of his radar, you know, uh, in an expansion league, I think Mike Mallory has options now yeah. going forward. Maybe he's going to wait out and, and wait for the right fit for him. But, yeah, he's our story this week. We're going to chat to him because, again, when he early sees in the WLA before you know some of the big guns arrive home from, from the NLL and with their championship rings and that, Mike Mallory is always there. He plays a full schedule, and he puts up numbers as, a, as an offensive righty. And I think... You know, maybe a few years ago, you could have made the case that Mike Mallory got pushed around a little bit, yep. and it took him a little while to develop to the player he is. But year after year, when you look at the Maple Ridge Berards, and you know, without Curtis Dixon and without Ben McIntosh, their best righty year after year is Mike Mallory. So nice to see him at the top of the scoreboard again in the dub, and uh, looking forward to chatting with him in a few minutes. Here. Absolutely, me too. And we gotta <clears throat> we gotta move along here, but uh, just wanted to throw in Mike Mallory actually got in a scrap on Saturday night against Ryan Nishikawa, who's no small small man, and uh, Mal handled himself uh, handled himself quite well. Rare Pit Meadows product as well uh, for Mike Mallory. So he gets our C, two letter grades to go. B is next, and it belongs to one. Jeffrey Teat, who made his Senior A debut in those horrific Bug Juice jerseys. Brampton and, BJs. I, I mean, <laughs> you, you honestly, I mean, they are they are just horrendous, Brad. You can't even read the numbers on the back of the jerseys. Uh, but anyways, Jeff Teat can comes. I just, can I just throw out there, too, that Bug Juice isn't even available yeah. in southwestern Ontario? Yeah, yeah I thought you it was can. Just, we couldn't. We we couldn't find the succulent nectar here in, in BC. <laughs> it's also not available in Brampton. So no, no, I don't know if there's uh, some FDA regulations or what. Uh, but apparently, that's they're not just a sponsor. They actually own the lacrosse team there, along yeah, with the senior the, B team. So and the senior B Owen Sound North Stars. But yeah, what a debut for five Genos. Four goals in the first period. Yeah. Welcome to Major Series Lacrosse. Jeff Teed. He gets one more in that game. He ends up getting blanked in the second game against Peterborough, but, you know, what a debut. Uh, going to be the first overall pick in the NLL in 2020, so we're another year away from uh, Tank for Teet will be the story uh, this time of year <laughs> for now if, if there's no expansion. Oh, but, man. yeah, he just continues to impress uh, whatever jersey he's wearing, whatever level he's playing at. He just makes um, it look so easy. Player. I don't, I, yeah, I don't think, you know, 
as far as the first overall first overall pick change your franchise forever. Yeah. Of the last ten Stocks, years, like Mark tape. Matthews, Lyle Thompson, um, and it's going to be him. He's going to be you know one every of every five oh. year kind of guy that yeah. comes around and generational talent. And no surprise that he had five in his first game. Yeah, his. I mean, I mean, he can shoot the lights out of lacrosse ball. But for me, the biggest asset for Jeff Teat is his vision. Like, he'll put passes in places where guys just don't see it, but he'll put it there and let guys, like, run on to passes. He just – he sees the floor unbelievably well. Um, but and for that's me, usually something that's, that comes with, with, with more experience. Yeah. You know? Like, when you think about the best feeders in the NLL, they're the deep vets. They're Garrett Billings and, and Dan Dawson mm. and – and well, and Dane Doby this year, Josh Sanderson game up a lot of it. Josh Sanderson, but those guys were all setting records like late into their career. Sean and Evans, the feeding ability this guy has at 20 years old is pretty. Yeah, pretty scary. And um, you know, Jeff Teat's going to go number one in 2020. A guy that might go number one in 2019 was his running mate in Clark Peterson, who had a, a nice performance in his PLL debut and really had a monster monster Minto Cup last summer as well. Especially when Teat was out for that game. Um, Peterson was really the guy that came in and lit it up. Like I think, if I recall, led the, the Minto Cup in scoring. He is a player now. That guy, that guy goes hard in the paint, and uh, he's got a bunch of talent to go along with it. I really like Clark Peterson's game, and he's going to be a high, high pick. We got to get to Dan Carey here, Brad. But we got one more letter grade to hand out here on Stampede Tax Weekly Lax Class Report Card. And the letter A letter grade is going to go out to the Junior A, Nanaimo Timberman, Brad Chonner, who beat the Coquitlam Junior Adnex, the defending Mento Cup champions, twice, back-to-back. I don't think it's ever been done. I don't think it has either. I put it out on Twitter that I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's never been done, and no one really debated me on that on that stat. You know, this is a team that, you know, I think when they came in the league in, what, 2 they were 0-21. And I think they've only been above 500 a handful of times over the years. But what Dave Bremner is building right now in Nanaimo is uh, is something to behold. And they are eight and one through the first half of the regular season here in the BC Junior Lacrosse. They won League. three games all year last year, and now they're eight and one atop the standings. That is yeah. the craziest turnaround. I've ever seen in a junior program in one season, and uh, you see, you, usually we see it the, in the other way. Yeah, you, know, you see a team that like we're seeing Poco this year, who was a, t- a playoff team last year, and who's just that dropped off the map. Of the standings this year is falling off the map. But the scene in Nymo building what they're building, obviously think that the five year program has helped. They're getting a lot of help out of their their younger guys. They're able to draw into a, a bigger talent pool to find players to come play in Nymo. Whether it's through recruiting, whether it's been the draft, but. And it's been the squad that uh, that Dave Bremner has helped assemble and coach. Four-game winning streak. I love back-to-back it. Back-to-back wins over the A's. And I would never think that an early June Wednesday night matchup at the Palace between Coquitlam and Nanaimo <laughs> would be something to circle. But yeah. they're going to do it again. There it is. Folks, Wednesday night at the Palace. It's an early start. What, like 6.30? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, get out to Coquitlam and uh, watch what... What could be a Nanaimo uh, three-peat over the junior How A. How wild night. would it be to see Nanaimo in the Minto Cup? Like, it could happen. It could happen. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, you think about it, you know, the Shamrocks and WLA winless. Burnaby Lakers, four straight wins on the road to start their WLA campaign. Nanaimo at the top of the junior standings. The West 
this year in junior and senior is absolutely nuts. Let's recap our letter grades quickly before we get to Dan Carey here because he is waiting, Bradley. Our F goes to Langley Junior Thunder for blowing a lead against Delta late in that game. Bellies get the D for playing an ineligible junior A player. Mike Mallory is off to a nice start with the Berards. He gets our C letter grade. Jeff Teat had a huge debut in senior lacrosse. He is our B. And the Nanaimo Junior Timberman get the letter A grade for beating the defending Minto Cup champions on back-to-back games and for being atop the standings at the midway mark of the season. All right, Lax Class, nicely underway here, episode 30. We're going to take a quick break, and on the other side, it's the general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks, Dan Carey, joins us next here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is the captain of the Calgary Roughnecks, Dan McCray, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified, where we grow the game one podcast at a time here at Lacrosse All-Stars. Thanks for joining us, Jake Elliott, Brad Schellner. Uh, big thanks to our friends at Pure Vita Labs. Uh, anything else to be on Sports and Like, find them at pvl.com. They got that new plant-based uh, product, making pancakes. All the boys, lacrosse players, using the products. Uh, I saw Graydon Bradley posting up pictures uh, after his hat-trick night uh, for the Burnaby Lakers. You got Del Bianco, Pace, Dixon, Crawford, Marty McCool. The best. They're the best. pvl.com. Check them out. Uh, now join us here on the podcast. It is the general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks. It's Dan Carey joining us here for the first time on Lax Class. Dan, thanks for doing this. No problem. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, man. Uh, I know you're you're in the office. You're at the, the Blue Cross Arena. We just kind of asked you off air about what's happening around Blue Cross Arena because they rolled out what they were going to be doing as far as renovations go around Blue Cross. Before we get into all the lacrosse stuff, maybe you can just give us a quick update. What's happening around uh, BCA? Uh, I know uh, things are just kind of getting started, but what kind of things can the fans expect to be ready for next year's NLL season? Um, I can't give you timelines on much, but you know they're going to be doing a lot on the concourse. They're going to be renovating the bathrooms. Uh, we will have a new turf to start next season. Uh, we will have a new locker room at some point. Uh, don't know when that's going to be finished, but uh, there's a lot that's going to you know, be going on here at the Blue Cross Arena over the next couple of years, and we're excited about it. Dan, uh, I think you're entering a summer here that is every lacrosse nerd's dream. You get to sort of build a, an NLL team from scratch through an expansion draft, uh, second overall pick in the entry draft, free agency. Um it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, but you, you left a pretty sweet gig too in Colorado, which is sort of the Mecca of, of NLL as far as franchises you want to look up to and, and emulate what made this Rochester job to you more attractive than the Colorado job. Uh, I'll start by saying that, that Denver is a tough place to leave. Uh, you know, it, it meant a lot to me to be part of that organization. I was a player for the mammoth. Um, that's where I got my start in the national lacrosse league. And that organization, you know, meant and means a lot to me. Um, so it was definitely a tough place to leave. On top of that, we have, you know, we have uh, 
there, there was such a great fan base there in, in Colorado. Um, and the city of Denver itself was, you know, was a great place to live. Um, but, you know, myself and my wife are, are from the east. I'm from Peterborough, and she grew up in Buffalo. Uh, so we get a little closer to family and friends here back in the east. And, and just the, the opportunity to, to start a team from scratch and to go through the, the expansion process was something that I felt was very valuable um, to me and, and appealing and, and something that I just, you know, I couldn't pass up when the opportunity presented itself. So, you know, as much as it was a great situation in Colorado um, and, I, and, you know, that organization means a lot to me, this is my new home and this is the organization that, you know, I intend on hopefully being here for a long time and, and doing the good things here in Rochester. Yeah, to, to start a team from scratch has got to be a real salivating opportunity. And and we saw it last year, Dan, that, you know, San Diego kind of went one direction with, with youth and, and tried to build from the back end out, where Philadelphia went with some older players and, and tried to build around their offense to kind of start in their inaugural season. Do you ha- I'm sure you got a game plan in place. I don't know if you want to share it with us or not, but do you have an idea on, on what you kind of want to do when it comes to expansion? Are you just going to be picking the best player available when their opportunity comes, or are you going to try and pick guys designated for specific spots? It all depends on the list. Uh, I've had you know multiple discussions with, with other teams, and, and I think some teams that are probably getting close to – their list that they'll have, um, you know, come the end of June, but it all depends on what players are available. And you know, I can see a mix of both. I think in order to be competitive early on, you're going to need some veteran guys and guys that have, you know, had success in our league. Um, but also, you know, it, an expansion team, we, we want to build for the future and be competitive long-term and short-term. So I think there's going to be a, a mix, but you know, that that's, that's going to be – it's yet to be seen without these lists coming out. We're not going to know until until teams submit those lists. So, you know, I think looking at the potential players, we can have a competitive team right away. Um, but, you know, I think for, for us, we won't be jeopardizing the future of this, of this team and this organization to try and be competitive year one when we know that it's going to be something that we want to stay competitive long term. Dan, we saw a pretty, uh, again, pretty friendly expansion draft last time around where San Diego went with all players from the Western Division teams. Uh, Philly went with most or all players from the Eastern Division teams, except a Toronto player ended up going to San Diego. Do you expect with both teams coming in this season with Rochester and, and New York, are we going to see something similar or is it going to be sort of no holds barred and this, uh, this expansion draft is going to be a little bit more, uh, little bit more aggressive, I think, than the last one? Um, I assume we will have those discussions, but we haven't had those discussions yet uh, between us and New York. Um, I, you know, I think it made sense for those two teams because one was in the East and one was in the West. Um, that being said, you know, we, we are going to do what we're most comfortable with. If that means, you know, we go pick for pick, we'll do that. Um, if it's something that, uh, that makes sense for both teams, I think we'd both be, be open to that. So, um, you know, we haven't had those discussions yet. I would assume we will at some point to determine what, how we want to approach that. Um, but we're going to go into this with our, with our plan and, and what we want to accomplish in a draft. And uh, if that means that we're going to be working well with, with New York on that or working, you know, at some capacity with them, then we're willing to 
kind of discuss that. Oh, that Reggie Tharp's a big pushover anyways, Dan. So uh, I don't think you have to worry too much about that. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking with the general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks, Dan Carey. And and the other interesting kind of thing, Dan, is that, you know, you're going to be picking from some Western teams with a lot of Western players on it. And, and, I mean, you've been around this league for a long time, as have we. We, We've seen it where sometimes geography and and like you said for yourself like your family's closer to the east and that's kind of why you took the job and and it's the same thing for players you know they have lives they have work they have family that they need to attend to in the west and playing in the east really just isn't an option for them but with that being said dan are you like prepared to go and and pick a guy that is residing in the west regardless of whether he can play in the east or not and then maybe you make another move and, and and deal him back to a Western team to get a draft pick or an Eastern player? Like, what's your, what's your mindset going into this? Are you just going to pick the player that's there, or are you going to take those sort of things into consideration as well? Uh, I intend on taking the best available player. And, you know, there's going to be times where that player might not be available to play in Rochester, but if not, then I'll find, you know, an opportunity for them to, to play somewhere else. Right. Um, you know, and that's, that's something that, you know, I – this is this is most important to our organization, and I do understand that. And, and like you referred to, I, I had the opportunity to, to move closer to home. But that being said, if that opportunity wasn't there, then I'd still be, you know, I'd still be in Colorado. Sure, and, sure. Um, so you know, I was fortunate to have that, and some players are right when you hit free agency and in certain situations. You know, we got to do what's best for our organization, and if we feel that picking a player that. Um, you know, that is from the West is, is going to make our team better by keeping that player or trading them or whatever the circumstances are. That's something we're willing to do. Yeah, this is something I've always wondered as well. When when the expansion lists actually go out and you can see who is available, um, is there any interview process with, with potential picks? Or are you just thinking based on what you know and what you've heard from, from maybe scouts or playing with and against guys, um, you know what they're about. But I'm saying, like, do you interview potential expansion picks if there's five guys from vancouver you've got your eye on you know how do you pick one yeah i'll be i'll be definitely interviewing players so you know we go through this process we'll have a list of available players and i'll have all their contact information i I intend on reaching out to the majority of them there's a lot of players that that i see potentially available that i already know um there's some that i've been involved with in different capacities but there's also some that you you get a good sense for who they are as players and teammates um, through other people as well. And that's scouts. That's, you know, anybody you've worked with in the past as well. So I think that's something that, you know, is very important to me to make sure that it's the right fit and the right individual, you know, outside of, of their stats and their ability on the floor. A couple more minutes here with general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks, Dan Carey, and uh, you, along with the, the Bagula family, unveiled the new logo, the new team color. Now, Dan, I gotta, I gotta say right off the top here, Rochester, the Nighthawks have always been synonymous with the purple and teal, and you guys have gone away from that. And uh, and I'm and I'm a little, I don't know what the word is. I, 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 it bothers me a little bit. I'm going to be quite frank with you that that you've gone away from those colors. I kind of get it. It's a new team. I don't know how their fans in Rochester are going to feel about it, but I, I like the new look, the new colors. But that purple and teal now that that meant something to me. I don't know how you feel about it, but just give me the give me your thoughts on the new logo, the new colors, and and how excited you are about that. I'm really excited. I feel it's strong. I feel it's got a you know it's new, but it feels like it's got one of those classic looks to it. 
And, you know, we've got a really good idea of what our journeys are going to look like. And I think it, it really looks, um, it looks like something that I'm, I'm really excited about and, and proud to be a part of that, that organization, uh, you know, the, the previous Nighthawks organization is now in Halifax and the way we're looking at it, that this is, this is new. And yes, the purple and teal was, you know, something that had been a long, a, a, around for a long time. Same time, that logo changed a few times, and there was a blue there, there was a green, there was, you know, it, there was a lot of different colors within the 25 years. So, um, if it was fair enough, fair enough, kind of changed at all, then then maybe it's something that we could have potentially discussed. But, you know, given a certain situation, we felt that that was the best approach and, and something that we're proud of. We talked about the expansion draft, but you got yourself a pretty good pick in the, in the entry draft as well, to starting off at number two in a draft that, you know, I think Jumbo and I have kicked this around before. There's not really a clear consensus number one. I think maybe Clark Peterson is starting to jump out a little bit based on what we saw from him this weekend, but Ryland Reese, Tyson Bombery, Tyson Gibson, um, all names that can be sitting there at number two for you, Dan. Anybody really jumping out at you right now and something someone you're uh, really hoping to get there? Uh, you know what? It's at this time, it's hard. It's hard to, to have those discussions, and, and you don't want to give too much. But you know, you mentioned a few names there. There's a couple more that you didn't, and I think this is going to be a great draft this year. There's going to be, you know, a couple really good picks. Those top two picks will be will be close for a long time in our league. Um, you know, we've got a good group of defenders this year, and a great group of offensive players as well. So, um, just excited to see how the summer plays out with guys you know, contributing to their summer teams and, and watching a lot of lacrosse and watching those guys specifically. So um, nothing yet. We'll, uh, we'll have a really good idea, you know, come the end of the summer and, and be, be happy with where we're at in that number two pick come the draft. Well, last one for me here too, Dan. Uh, backbone of any expansion team going forward, and we saw this with San Diego this year, was, was who you can get in net. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of good goaltenders probably exposed in this draft. Um, there could be some free agent goaltenders out there. There could be any goaltenders entering this draft. Where do you think you can find a, a starting goaltender for your for your new Rochester Nighthawks? Uh, there's there's some goalies that are out there that I think are ready to to play and be starters. And you know, there's a lot of there's a good group of of young goalies that a few of them came into the league over the last couple of years that that I think are going to be you know long time. Goalies that'll have uh, have great careers. So that's something. That, again, I, I, you know, we can't give too much information on where we're, what direction we want to head. But it is some. It's obviously a big position and and really important to to have a guy that's able to help you out. You know, season one and 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 on. So we're we're come on, Dan. Just tell us who you're going to pick and go. Just tell us who you're going to pick and go. Come on, you can do it. Not gonna uh, do no. it. Not gonna do it. But, but you're comfortable <laughs> that there's the, you're comfortable though that the talent is out there to find someone that's gonna yeah. Because to me, like the the, uh, the goaltending position, Dan, like it, it that's where I worry about expansion a little bit because you got to have two on every team. But I think there's still enough quality starting goaltenders out there to fill a few more few more franchises. Yeah, I agree. And you know, like you mentioned, San Diego, that it's. They, they've got a world-class goalie that came in and, and was able to, to play for them and, and help that team succeed this year. So, you know, it's it's always a struggle to find that guy, uh, especially for expansion teams. But, 
you know, it's just one of those positions that it, it's, it's an important position, but um, so is every position on the, on the field. So we're, we're, it's something that we're really, really watching and, and considering, you know, every aspect of it and every opportunity that we have to find a guy that's going to start for us long-term and short-term. So nothing to report yet, but you know, obviously we know the importance of that position. Well, another position that's extremely important is the general manager position, Dan. And uh, you are the boss for the Rochester Nighthawks. Uh, best of luck at the upcoming expansion draft and, and your inaugural season there with the new K-Hawks. Uh, appreciate your time here on Lacrosse Classified and uh, hope we can catch up sooner than later. Great. Well, thanks for your time, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. That was Dan Carey, the general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks, Brad Challoner. And uh, Dan, a real special player back in his day, and his career got shot or got cut short uh, because of some concussion problems. But he's he's turned that playing career into a now a management career and, and going from Colorado to Rochester, real bright future ahead for Dan Carey and those Nighthawks. Yeah, and you know he's got the Peterborough connection. So I was, I, I wonder who. Go, what, what's the highest ranking Peterborough player this upcoming draft? Because that could be a nice juicy player sitting mm. there uh, at number two. But yeah, the first time I saw Dan Carey play was uh, the 2007 Man Cup in Coquitlam with John Grant Jr. and Tracy Koleski and right. Scott Evans and a young Sean Evans. And you know he was a real spark plug on that Man Cup team. And I know that uh, all of his players and, and guys who know him and have worked with him and respect him and. You know, you mentioned the importance of the general manager, but he's surrounding himself uh, with a good cast there, too, as we found out this week that our buddy uh, Ripper, Craig Rubinsky, who's right. the media guy and the play-by-play voice of the Nighthawks all these years. Yeah. We didn't know if he was going to go up to Halifax. We didn't know what was going to happen, but uh, Ripper's going to stay on as the director of lacrosse operations. I know. So 20 years in the it. booth there for Rip. I don't know who the, the new voice of the Rochester Nighthawks is going to be, but I don't think it's going to be Craig Rosinski anymore. I think he can do both. If there's do anybody do? that can do both, it's, it's Craig. Yeah, wow. I, I, wow. Think he's, he's not a, I don't think he's hanging up the mic quite yet. Okay. Okay. I don't um, know. I don't know. Uh, the one thing we didn't nice, even a ask. Nice, a nice, sorry, a nice hire, though, there is like, yeah. you know, is there anybody left in Rochester that knows more about Rochester? No, 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 no. Than no. he does, so that's he is Rochester. And congrats to our buddy, Craig. Yeah, absolutely. I sent Rip a, t- a text uh, actually to get Dan's number and said congratulations on the promotion. Uh, didn't ask him if he was going to continue to call games. And one thing we forgot to ask Dan, Brad, is uh, what's going on with the coaching staff. We didn't ask him about getting a coaching staff in place. you got to assume that he'll do that before the expansion draft. Uh, so he's got somebody to talk to at the draft table. Uh, and, and decide who what players he's want to pick. Hey, we got to get to break here, man. We got Mike Mallory waiting for us on the other side. So let's do that quick break here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. And then it's number eight for your Maple Ridge Berards. Mike Mallory on the other side. Keep it locked right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is big team guy Tyson Geick of the Lacrosse Flash. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified Flourishing on Max All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. 
What does Sean Ashworth and the gang do at Associated Labels and Packaging? Well, they make labels and packages, I can tell you that much. But they also create first impressions for your company with the best labels and packaging on the market. Find them at associated-labels.com. Their social media is Associated LP, as in labels and packages. Jake Kelly, Brad Chaloner with you and now joined, I think for the first time here on Lacrosse Classified, it's Mike Mallory from the Maple Ridge Berards. Mike, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, man. Um, I probably should have waited to ask you or somebody from the Burnaby Lakers to come on the show today on a Monday as we record as he had that big 3-0 and showdown. But I really felt like the way you have started this season here for the Berards, you, you really earned a spot here on Lax Class, Mike. Uh how do you feel about it? I mean, I know you're only four games into your season here, but do you kind of feel like this is some of the best lacrosse you've ever been playing? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good start. Uh, you know, kind of the last couple of years, I've kind of been dealing with some injuries, and I had a good off season this year, so it's been a good start. And got a lot of guys missing right now, so we need guys to step up and kind of fill their roles while while they're gone. So it's been a good start so far. Yeah, and we kind of kicked that around in the first segment, Mike, and just talking about what we've seen from you in the WLA over the last few years, you know, is that you are the consistent righty. Ben McIntosh and Curtis Dixon and different guys have, have come in and they play they play here and there, but, you know, there's a constant in Maple Ridge on that right side, and, and it's been you and putting out fantastic numbers. Just how do you adjust when you do have so many different bodies coming in? Like now you've got Nooch, Chase McIntyre will take some reps up there. Um, you know, a lot of different faces come in throughout the summertime in Maple Ridge. Just, you know, how do you adapt and uh, to, to new to new faces? Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes trying to get chemistry with guys, and, and we've got lots of guys coming in and out. But, you know, we have a pretty simple, pretty simple offensive plan, and, and we uh, kind of go over it quickly with them when they come in, and, and guys seem to pick it up pretty quick. And it seems to work because everyone that comes in kind of gets used to our system right away, and, and they fit right in right away, so pretty easy system to play speaking with mike mallory and and you can you can correct me if i'm wrong here mike you can tell me to shut up or do whatever you want here but i I want to take you back to junior uh with your delta islanders and and you know coming out of junior you were consistently putting up 100 points in that league but when you got to senior the knock on you was he's a perimeter guy he won't go into the corners he won't go into the middle when the tough gets going mike mallory gets going I watched yeah. Mike Mallory, on, and, and I, I don't know if that's a fair comment or if you feel like you know maybe that was the case early in your career as well, Mike, but I want to bring you up to, yeah. to Saturday night in Coquitlam where you guys are up 10-3 in that game, and, and you got a guy like Ryan Ishikawa, who I know very well and, and I like, but he was obviously giving it to you a little bit, and you, can, you almost just – it was like you just said, screw this, and you dropped your mitts, and, and you gave him a few solid uppercuts, and, and you, like, you, you stood up for yourself, and you answered the bell, and I'm not sure – I've ever seen Mike Mallory do that. Is that something that is it? Is it just you think you physically matured, mentally matured, and and have just taken your game to another level where you want to bring that physical aspect to your game? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's never really been a part of my game, but when you got big names playing with you and, and uh, guys are taking cheap shots on them, you need someone that's going to stand up for them and can't always have the D guys going out and doing it. So once in a while, yeah get in there and if something happens it happens and it is what it is i kind of know know my role when well you when, handled uh, yourself very well i must say mike uh you got the yeah. helmet off <laughs> and then you got the jersey over and then and then the uppercut started flying that was good stuff yeah i usually get my one in a year that's about it 
But that's that you know that's that's Maple Ridge Burrard lacrosse I think and and it's mostly about finding that line and and towing that line and not going over it too far but you know yeah. the Maple Ridge Burrards play tough lacrosse just you know you've worn that jersey for a lot of years now a, a couple years ago when there was a lot of vitriol thrown at Maple Ridge you guys have overcome adversity you've been to, yeah. to two man cups over the last couple of years what does it mean to you to put on that Maple Ridge Burrard jersey what does it mean to be a Burrard uh, it means a lot to me because I'm I'm a local guy. I'm from Pitt Meadows, so I grew up watching them and uh, been here for a while. And you know, it's a, it's a real tight knit group, so it's been a lot of fun playing here. And, and coaches, management, everything. I, I love everyone there, so it's been great. Yeah, you are one of the rare rare Pitt Meadows slash Maple Ridge players uh, on the roster and, and kicking around. And you know, Jake talked about the Junior Islander their days there. Um, and, and as a, as a Delta guy, I'm sure as hell happy that you put on that Jersey and, and played with those guys for so many years, but you know, coming out, what does it mean? Um, you know, what did you feel like getting drafted to Delta? And I know Maple Ridge still doesn't have a, a junior A team. It's something that I think is going to happen. It should happen in the future, but yeah. you know, everybody wants Maple Ridge to have a junior A team. And you were a guy who was one of the best players in junior that had to go play, elsewhere just take us back to that time should have came to langley should have came to langley bro (laughs) would things have been different if maple ridge had a a junior a team like do you wish that they did back then i do but i also really enjoyed my time in delta i have a lot of friends out there now because of it uh i knew logan before i got drafted there so i kind of knew someone going into it and i got drafted there for intermediate and just decided or for junior sorry and decided to go out there early and play intermediate and it was an awesome five years. I really enjoyed it. Besides the drive, everything was good. <laughs> yeah, that drive. Well, that that drive. was before the perimeter. That was before the perimeter. Oh road man, yeah, yeah, the old Golden Ears Way. So. River Road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. there, yeah. Do you that see a day when Maple? Do you see a day when Maple Ridge has a has a junior A team? They got to be close. Yeah, it's gonna uh, happen. Been, yeah, I've been close with uh, when there's the intermediate. I was coaching there for a couple years and and. You know, Dave Balick is one of the guys that's really been pushing to get get a team, and I know he's been close a couple times. So hopefully, within the next couple of years, they get one because they got a good minor program and a lot of kids that I'm sure want to play in Maple Ridge. So yeah, it's they got their minor organization is is one of the best in the country now, and it, it's just yeah. it's just a matter of time before it happens. As we speak with Mike Mallory here on Lacrosse Classified, and and I mentioned that game on Sunday night. It was uh, it was a heck of a game, Mike. Uh, you guys took a ton of penalties in that game, and I really think it cost you yeah. two three and O teams going into uh, that matchup, but. Um, you guys are going to meet again on Friday night. Uh, a bit of a surprise, yeah. I would say, Burnaby. I don't know if it's a surprise that you guys are three and one, but I think more of a surprise that Burnaby's four and zero. Oh. But what do you guys got to yeah. do to to get back at the Lakers on Friday night at the Swamp? Yeah, I felt like we couldn't really find our rhythm yesterday. So they're uh, they got a lot of new faces. They're a young team, and and they're push the ball. They they run. So we got to expect that they're kind of throwing a press on us, which which we weren't expecting, and and they really run the transition. So. We're aware of that now, and hopefully we can uh, get our touch back because it wasn't a wasn't a good effort by us. Well, you've got your touch going right now, Mike, and uh, tis the season where where people like Jake and I start looking around the Canada and looking for the best players not in the National Lacrosse League, and, and your name is definitely at the top of that list right now. Is that a goal of yours to get back to the pros, Mike? We've had eleven games over three seasons with Washington and Colorado. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, the last couple of years have been kind of hard with injuries, but this year I'm starting to feel healthy again. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I can keep it up and and maybe get another shot at it. Well, if uh, 
if I'm a GM for a National Lacrosse League team, Mike, and you're a street free agent, uh, I'm giving your number a call, man. I think uh, I think you're right yeah. on the cusp of, of cracking another lineup. Uh, continue doing what you're doing uh, with the Berards, and good things will happen for you, man. Really appreciate your yeah. time here on Lax Class, and uh, we'll see you Friday night from the Swamp. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks to Mike Mallory, number eight for your Maple Ridge Berards, Brad Schellner. And, and that was a good talk with Mike. Like, he, he's kind of been through the gamut, and he mentioned it there a couple of times, has had some injury trouble over the last couple of years, and I and I can't remember who it was, but he took that dirty check into the boards there in Colorado, and that really, that really kind of set him back for a while. But it looks like he's back to full health and maybe stronger and bigger and faster than he's ever been and, and playing some real good lacrosse. You know, and he's got different dimensions to his game, and he's paid he's paid his dues. He's been on two different practice rosters. He's had a cup of tea in the summertime, you know, in May and June. He's the best righty for Maple Ridge. And then come July and August, he's setting picks and playing a great two-man game for Curtis Dixon and Ben McIntosh. So he's done a little bit of everything. You mentioned he's healthy. He's got a little bit of more grit to the inside part of his game. And uh, 13 teams this in this league, uh next 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 fall and winter man so yeah i definitely think that uh mallory should be she keeping his phone close for sure yeah and i and i felt bad for mike i think it was the first time that the brides made the man cup in six nations and and mike was just not right i can't remember what exactly the injury was a wrist or an ankle but he he just couldn't play properly and that was a real opportunity for the brides and and mike mallory who was who was playing great up until that point and but without him they just couldn't get it done and he was nowhere near 100 percent, but tried to give it a go just it just wasn't happening for him that time around so hopefully he can stay healthy and look out you know when when they get Mallory Dixon McIntosh going on that right side for the Berards and then you got Shatler Lowen Keenan on the other like whew, Taylor that's an NLL offense yeah that's, I mean that's, that's all NLL. NLL offense right there absolutely it's going to be fun to watch from Cam Neely Arena Lakers Berards Friday night uh, you'll have the call for that one Brad Schellner we'll talk about that on the other side, final break coming up here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. And uh, we'll get some news and notes in what's happening in the upcoming week of lacrosse. Uh, maybe make a few picks as well uh, as we'll bring back Stampede Tax. Who you got on the other side? It's Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom-designed apparels around the world. Specializing in lacrosse, they deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today. Hey, it's Corey Small of the Buffalo Bandits and Peterborough Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. You heard it right there, our title sponsor, Extreme Threads. Customize your team with Extreme. I'm sure you've seen it by now on the Instagram account, the Twitter account. These guys are everywhere. Uh, up in Campbell River, Alberta, all through the Okanagan, down here in the Lower Mainland. They're getting into other companies, uh, making apparel for these guys as well. Anything you want, apparel-wise, these guys can do it. Customize your team with Extreme at extremethreads.ca. 
sales at extremethreads.ca. Mention my name. Get free stuff. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Just do it. Free stuff. Who doesn't want free stuff? Extremethreads.ca. Do you mention Jumbo or Jake Elliott with two Ts? You can can say Jake Elliott with two Ts, one T, Jumbo, PXP for sports, that that idiot on lax class, whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna say, just they'll know. Just mention my name in some regard. Get yourself some free stuff. All right, Brad. Challenger's sidekick. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, well, I don't know about that. I, I may be crossing the line right there a little bit. Um, Jake Kelly, Brad Challoner with you. Big thanks to Mike Mallory and Dan Carey for uh, a couple of great chats. Brad, this is your your virgin maiden voyage here. On Stampede Tax, who you got? It's uh, your complete source for boots. Check them out. Huge selection. Cowboy, Blundstones. You got a pair of Blundstones yet, Brad? I do. No, but I get my Western shirts from Stampede and Tax. Why wouldn't you? Great one. Western striping, couple eagles on the shoulders. Ooh. Ooh. That uh, makes me feel like I'm flying high at the bar. You can shop online. It's still shopping local. Stampede.ca is where you do that. Uh, they sponsor... Our fun segment here, Who You Got, and yeah, just so you know, we're because uh, Who You Got has been such a popular thing throughout the playoffs here for the NHL, NBA, we've decided to add a second T onto our Who You Got, so we distinguish ourselves from the rest of the pack. So it's still Who You Got, but Got has two Ts, and we thought, why do we do that? Because everybody only spells my name with one T, and it drives me absolutely insane. So it's just another subtle reminder that there's two T's in Elliot, and now there's two T's in who you got. All right, Brad, uh, we've decided on who you got for our summer season here, and we may incorporate the World Championships uh, Team Canada games when it comes around to it, just for fun. I don't know. But for right now, we are going to pick one game from each league to make our pick. So the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League, Ontario Junior A, BC Junior A, MSL Major Series Lacrosse, and the Western Lacrosse Association. That makes up five different leagues, one game from each league, kind of the marquee matchup of the week, and we'll make our picks. We'll track them throughout the summer, and then we'll figure out how I will embarrass Brad at the end of the summer here. Okay, Bradley, are you ready? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. All right. We'll follow along on this maiden voyage. I know you and Evan have done a great job, and and uh, I've listened to it every week, so happy to be a part of it. I, there's a lot of leagues to cover, so mm. I think some of these I might just be literally flipping a coin. Well, um, not the first time knows, that, you know, that's might, not the first time that would like happen. My, this, yeah, this might be like my wife filling out an NCAA bracket okay. where you just sort of like fluke <laughs> okay. your way to winning. So, Oh, man. I'll, I'll I don't make know. educated guesses, and I'll make some random guesses. Uh, I don't know if your wife listens to the show or not, Brad, but throwing her under the bus like that is never a good idea. Um... Yeah, we flipped a coin here on who you got before, so don't be shy. If that, if you feel like you need to do that, uh, it's been done before. Let's start in the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League. It's the battle of the Calgary's here. And it's early in the season, but 0-2 Okotoks Raiders taking on the Calgary Mountaineers, or the Mounties, who are 1-1. One one. Brad Chalner, who you got? Uh, give me the Raiders for their first win of the season, getting into the win column. Uh, I got Okotoks. Now, I almost just want to ask, I know Evan's probably going to be listening to the podcast. I almost feel like I just want to ask Evan to track our picks 
um, for us as a listener. I don't know if he'll do that or not. So for right now, I will do it. But you are taking the Raiders. And just for fun, I will take the Mounties. So we have a different pick, at least one, right out of the get-go. Moving along into the Ontario Junior Lacrosse League and marquee matchup this week in the OLA. 6-0, the Hornheads, the Orangeville Northmen, Rylan Hartley. Could be the next great goaltender. He's got his Northman perfect so far. They will head to Whitby, the Iroquois Lacrosse Arena, and take on the 5-2 and two Whitby Warriors, coached by Colorado Mammoth offensive coach Sean Williams. Dyson Williams, his son, also on that team. Orangeville at Whitby. Brad, who you got? Uh, give me the heads. And speaking of Ryan Hartley, when we were talking to Dan Carey earlier, maybe that's a name that, that shows up somewhere. I think he's protected by San Diego right now, but they're obviously going to be protecting Frankie. Um, I'm not sure where he finished on their roster at the end of the season, but that could be your starting goaltender for the reignited Rochester Nighthawks. Mm. Give me the Hornheads. Uh, I think I'm going to take Orangeville, too, just because I, way, I, I know way more Orangeville people than I think I do Whippy people, although... Quite a quite a warrior connection there in Saskatchewan, but I just six and zero is six and zero, uh, and until they lose, I think I'm probably going to take Orangeville. So and give Dyson me... Williams keeps turning up on a highlight reel on my Twitter feed for something different. Yeah, whether it's outdoors or indoors, like once a week, this kid is going to be a gamer in a few years. Yeah, now. you watch out for for the Dowick boys, uh, Dyson Williams. Josh Sanderson's got uh, a couple of kids coming through the ranks that are, are going to be studs as well. Uh, but, yeah, Dyson Williams making 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 waves for sure. Uh, so you got the Raiders. I got the Mounties. We both have Orangeville. Let's move into the BC Junior Lacrosse League now, Brad. Marquee matchup this week is the 8-1. and one, You heard it right. 8-1 and one, Nanaimo Junior Timberman will make a trip to the Palace on Poirier to take on the 8-2 and two defending champion Coquitlam Adnax, or Adnax, as you like to say, Brad. Timberman against the Adnax Wednesday. Brad, who you got? Give me the men in plaid. Ooh. Whoa. History history is on the side of the Nanaimo Timberman right now. They are being caught up in a swell of Pacific Ocean. And they will roll into the Coquitlam Adnax and sweep this season series, My. early start from the Palace wow. on Wednesday night. Wow. Can't stop the Timbermen right now. They're, they're, they've never felt more confident than they do right now. And you take that in on the road on a Wednesday night where the boys are probably taking the day off work so they can get over early, mm. feeling good about themselves, a nice day on the mainland. Give me the 9 for the sweep. Wow. That is that is a home run pick there, Brad. I, I just can't see it. I can't see it. I don't think uh, the defending champs are going to lose three straight, especially on their home floor here. I think they're going to be some kind of pissed off. Give me Pat Coyle in a couple of days to make some adjustments after playing Nanaimo back-to-back games. They've all been really tight, uh, but I think home floor is going to be the difference here. For the juniors, and my man Reed Bowering might just be back in the lineup, and he is a game changer, the captain of the junior purple and gold. So give me Coquitlam. Yeah, he's special. special. Yeah, he's he's an absolute weapon. Uh, Give me Coquitlam. So two differentiating picks with two games to go. Moving to the MSL, the big boys now, Bradley. And marquee matchup, always, always a good matchup. The Peterborough Lakers 2-0 in 
to Six Nations to take on the Chiefs at 1-0. and Lakers, Chiefs, Brad. I'm surprised. Hang on, hang on. Brad, who you got? Give me the Chiefs at home uh, starting the season 2-0. and I think they're going to be one of the, the class teams of uh, – of major series this year, and their schedule just like well behind what we've seen in the mm. WLA. There's teams that have played like four or five games out west, and their Peterborough has just played two, and Six Nations have played one. So, give me a fresh uh, Six Nations Chiefs at home. Maybe Dylan Ward makes his debut for the Chiefs in that one. Good Peterborough team, but uh, they barely got past Brampton the other night. They had to have a big third period to to get it there. I don't think Paul Day was too happy with uh, his team's performance after texting with him a little bit. But with all that being said, I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. Is that a midweek game? That is a midweek game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so we with Lyle Thompson could be there, which could be an absolute game changer too. So mm, yeah, yeah, I never even thought about that. Never even thought about that. uh, Yeah, so we're both take the Chiefs in that one. One more game to go here on Stampede Tax. Who you got? And we talked about it a lot here a little bit uh, on this episode. And it's the return matchup. Burnaby got over on Maple Ridge on the road on Sunday night. They'll have the return matchup Friday night at the Swamp. You got the call for this one, Bradley. 3-1 and Berards against the 4-0 and Burnaby Lakers. Who you got? Give me the Swamp Monsters at home. First home game of the season here. Four road wins already. Uh, Eric Penny, Robert Church, and the Burnaby Lakers Friday night at the Swamp. My first time in the booth this season. My first time doing play-by-play since last August, mm. I think. So I've got to dust off the the old voice box. It's like riding a bike. One, but, uh, it's like riding a bike. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be color commentating myself. Yes. Know, as, we, as we have to do the Vin Scully throughout the summer here in the WLA until playoff times roll around. But, right. Um, yeah, the way the Lakers are playing right now, they're dialed in. They've got a jump start on, on all the other teams right now, uh, and they're feeling it. And we don't know what kind of bodies we could get back in the Burnaby lineup too, you know. So give me Eric Penny, who's playing the best lacrosse of his life right now through the end of the NLL season and into the WLA season. And Robert Church, who, you know, I think you said he's a man possessed. He has something to prove right now. The first time he's played WLA lacrosse in late May and early June in a long time based on what his rush are doing and with the full season of Robert Church. I know everybody was talking Vic, Maple Ridge, and U.S. this season, but do not count out the Burnaby Lakers. 5-0 and Friday night, baby. Yeah. Uh, and listen, they still don't have Eli McLaughlin. I, I'm hearing maybe a couple more signings coming the way of the Burnaby Lakers that could be real impact players for those guys. So uh, I don't think they're quite done as far as bolstering their roster either. With that being said, Brad, I'm going to take the Lakers as well, but simply for the fact that it's early in the year, I don't want to bury you down too many picks right out of the gate here, get you discouraged. So I'll pick the same team as you uh, just for that fact. So I'll only be two games up instead of three. And the other reason it's, it's similar to Orangeville here, you haven't lost a game yet this year, and until you do lose a game, I'm not going to pick against you. I just can't. So Burnaby 4-0 out of the gate. They're going to be on their home floor. They just beat the team that they're going to be playing. Going to be tough because you know Maple Ridge is going to be super motivated for that game, but I will also take the Burnaby Lakers. Recapping quickly, you got the Raiders. I got the Mounties. We both took Orangeville. You got the Junior Timberman. I got the Junior Adnex. We both took the Chiefs, and we both took 
the Burnaby Lakers. Those are our five picks for week one of summer season. Stampede Tax, who you got? Uh, we're in for some fun here this summer, Brad. It's going to be a great summer across the country in box across. Uh, we do want to get a couple of quick things in here before we get you on your way for episode 30 here uh, as we run a little long and, and not surprisingly so as we reunite here, Brad. But uh, – we both had a chance to kind of check out the first ever PLL weekend, and uh, they played the Sunday game on TV on Sportsnet on Sunday, and uh, we were both ultrally impressed with the production from NBC Sports. Yeah, and, you know, I'll, I've said it numerous times, and I'll say it again, like lacrosse on TV is where it has to be. I think we did great things on BR this season, but I think even people in the, the head office at the NLL will agree that, you know, TV is still the end game, you know, and, and streaming is easy for me. I plug my computer into an HDMI cable, I turn it on, and away we go. But there's just something about going to channel 913 or whatever it was on my TELUS, seeing the Premier Lacrosse League there, and, and laying on the couch and watching it. And it was a phenomenal broadcast. Um, the entertainment on the, floor, the, the field is great. They've obviously got a world-class product. There's some freak athletes in that league. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of players that, that we know, Canadian box players, that uh, thrived this weekend. Uh, Josh Byrne had a four-goal game. Joel Tinney looked really good. This is a guy that hasn't had a real breakthrough in the NLL yet. Um, he looked really good. Who else was uh, Clark Chris Peterson Chris scored a couple goals playing attack and was moving swiftly. Uh, Clark Peterson was fantastic. He got a shout-out for Miles Jones, who was – being interviewed on the side saying, hey, that 45, uh, that 45 player, I really like, like him. Yeah. I go, yeah, Clark Peterson, we're going to be the number one draft pick in the, maybe the NLL uh, coming up this fall. So, yeah, a lot, lot of takeaways, um, a lot of great Canadian stories down there. Ryland Reese was playing. Um, and I, they, they, they've set the new bar. Yeah. The bar is now set for what, a, what an NLL production can look like going forward. And, yeah, I really like the access to the players. I like the features that they ran and. It was a great opening weekend, I think, um, you know, everywhere for the PLO. Yeah, I thought that the production was was absolutely top-notch. I really liked the uh, interviewing of the players in the penalty box right after they took a penalty. I don't know if it was by design or not, but it, the, the, the game on Sunday got really physical. There was a lot of kind of extracurricular stuff after the whistles, and I wonder – if maybe the Rabels kind of wanted to kind of cater to that fan base a little bit, saying, you know, this is this is what you can expect week to week. Um, and, and there's a lot well, of I trash talking is, going on. And Yeah, I, I, I thought that too, because the knock, when you see it, is like, okay, this is six teams that are all going to be traveling together. Everybody knows each other. Everyone they don't like each so other. Close. There is some where's rivalries. The, where's the, yeah, where's the bitterness going to come from? It's so I there. think they've probably been told, ramp it up, ramp up the intensity. And you know what? You don't have to tell professional athletes to ramp up the intensity. Once the, once the ball is on the field, yeah. it's go time, right? And no one cares. And, but I did like the physicality of that game, but it was interesting because I think it was, um, Unterstein or someone threw the punch at McArdle and missed them. Right. But the commentators during the game were like, Oh, the league might look at that. <laughs> so I don't know where the line is drawn. I yeah. know it is field across, but you know, if they're gonna review someone just even attempting to throw a punch That's a possession maybe call. That, maybe in the that's NLL. not the direction they want to go. That's I don't a know. possession call in the NLL. Uh but yeah, yeah, no, as far you know, as far as the game aesthetics, like I I really liked 
the running 12-minute quarters, the up-and-down nature of it, the 52-second shot clock, the two-point line being close enough for guys to take a crack at it from time to time. Like I think the the product itself, the game, the way they've designed the rules was super entertaining as well. It was really kind of an up-and-down sort of a track meet where there wasn't like get it across center, settle, make 10 passes, and then start your offense. Like It was bang, 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 go, go, go. And guys getting interviewed on the sideline were gasping for air and 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 that's what you want. It was it was real entertaining lacrosse, and you know the fan base for what it was was not great on opening weekend. I'll, I'll say that, but I think this is a league that's going to be around a long time, and it's going to build its fan base. And having it on TV like that is going to expose it to eyeballs that have never even seen the sport. So I think all in all, a very successful week uh, opening week for the PLL, and we'll keep an eyeball on that. But we'll keep our attention mostly focused on box lacrosse here on Lacrosse Classified. Couple of quick more notes before we get you on your way. Don't forget, webcasting for both the MSL and the WLA is available. WLA is at play full screen, every single game available for you. And the MSL, they rolled it out last week. It was a free for a preview. Lacrosse-TV.com. Or is it .ca? I should probably know. I believe it's .com. Lacrosse-TV.com is where you can find all your MSL games. I know the junior SWAT, uh, they're in Saskatchewan or webcasting. So if you want to watch summer lacrosse, you can find it. Uh, play full screen. Lacrosse-TV.com is where you can find the WLA and MSL. Mention, Brad, you'll be in Burnaby on Friday and Coquitlam on Saturday. Um, myself, I will be in Coquitlam on Friday for less Wingrove night. Uh, they've asked me to say a few words before the game. On the 7th of June, so I'll be in Coquitlam for that. And then I will be in Langley for a 5 o'clock start for Timberman Thunder. You will be in Coquitlam for Lakers and Adnax. And uh, we'll just kind of keep you up to date on what's happening as we go week by week by week. But episode 30 is now over, Brad. We did it. We did it, man. And it uh, went by quick. Thanks for thanks for having me back. Looking forward to a, to a great summer here. And, yeah, looking forward to... Uh, Climbing the ladder to get into the booth of the Swamp on Friday night and then at the Palace, a little bit more uh, luxurious, nice glass broadcast mm. booth there. Great level. I love the, the broadcast location of the Palace. Sight lines aren't great. Yeah, you got to lean through the, through the glass to look over into there, the corners yeah. and that. But as far as, like, you know, proximity to the floor, you're in pretty good standing there, right there. And, uh, you know, Maple Ridge can't get any closer. But Give me the Langley Event the Center Palace. any day. Love bro. climbing the ladder at the Swamp. I just love being back in the barns in the summertime. This is what – Lacrosse is all about. It's what gets me gets me going, man. So uh, I'll see you guys around this weekend. Give me the LEC any day as far as the broadcast booth goes, bro. I got my big comfy chair. You're it's too, air conditioned. Way too pampered up. You're uh, way too pampered up there. Come on. I love it. I love it. Uh, home of the World Championships, too, by the way. We'll be getting some information out about the Worlds as we move along, too. As the schedule's out, rosters are starting to trickle out as well. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. We didn't even touch on that. Jesse King going to play for Team England. Um, we got to go. Once again, a thank you to our sponsors. Stampede Tack, Pure Vital Labs, Associated Labels and Packaging, Extreme Threads, you like the podcast, uh, the best way to support the podcast is to support our sponsors. Please do that. They are the best at their per- chosen professions. Make sure you're checking those guys out. And when you get the opportunity, support our sponsors because they support us. Uh, once again, big shout-out to Sakani Baker for the beats, to Chantel Chan for introing uh, the rejoiners, all that sort of stuff. Big thanks to her 
Dan Carey, Mike Mallory for coming on the show, and of course you, the listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified every single Tuesday right here on Lacrosse All-Stars. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you find your podcast, you will find Lacrosse Classified. Just search Lacrosse All-Stars, and there will be Lacrosse Classified, presented by Extreme Threats. Uh, Brad Challoner is on social media at Brad Chow. I am at at PXB for sports. This show is at Lax class. I think we got it all in, man. We got to get out of here. For Brad Challoner, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, we'll talk to you next time here on Extreme Threads, the cross-classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. <laughs>